Tonight, we would talk about the release of Godzilla vs. Kong. Mm. Did anybody win? Did Dirk give a shit about what happened in the movie? Find out tonight. I'm Dirk. Yeah, I'm Stev. And this is Super Arrogant Bros. You're listening to the Madcast Media Network. Madcastmedia.com No. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Super Hero Bros. Recording on April 4th, 2021. Stev, let's get right into this here. You played a game recently and you had some thoughts on it. Thoughts on the release, thoughts on uh, the oopsie poopsies that have happened with this game, mm-hmm. and comparisons to both the um, Borderlands games and uh, comparison to Cyberpunk 2077 when it comes to how the release went through. Yeah. So the game that I am talking about is the new Square Enix game that has just come out, probably yep. around April the 1st. I know April Fools, I know called Outriders. Outriders is a game that is basically a third-person looter shooter. Effectively, the story is that Earth got fucked up, as all game, all, as all sci-fi games do whenever Earth is involved. It usually gets fucked up or is in the process of being fucked up. So you're fleeing Earth to go and settle on a planet that is known as Enoch. Yes, the same Enoch that is referenced in the Bible. That's right. That's um, right. Along the way, it turns out that, oh, this place is a bad place to settle on because there are lightning storms that immediately disintegrate people, and uh, it also shuts off all electronics. Well, you are cryo-frozen because of reasons that, I don't, I mean, that, that, that tie into story, and you wake up and everything is not hunky-dory anymore. In fact, everything is a literal apocalyptic warfare, eternal war sort of bullshit going on. Basically, imagine a war in Warhammer 40,000 where it's between cultists and the guard. That's basically what you're getting. Everywhere in this valley, in this valley that uh, the humans basically reside on, is in eternal war. They're fighting, they're fighting back and forth, no one's really gaining any ground. The ground that you do gain goes back to the other guy almost immediately. It's like Verdun, except Verdun didn't have futuristic tanks. It's fun, it's brutal, but goddamn, I love it to death. Um, You are a super soldier, basically, because you didn't get struck by lightning, but you kind of did, which means that you're kind of a badass right now. So you get to either play as the Devastator tank class. You gain health back every single time you kill someone anywhere near you. The Technomancer, class that I play, you effectively are the support class as well as the main damage dealer. Throw out turrets, turn your bullets into poisons, into poison bullshit, or just basically freeze everyone within a 10 mile radius of you and win the video game harder than anyone else could. You can also spawn an RPG and a minigun as well. That gets affected by your own personal stats. So hey, there's that. Okay. Pyromancer, set shit on fire. Uh, the hardest one you can hardest one you can do in order to put it into uh, MMO terms. This is basically the warrior class in uh, World, uh, World of Warcraft Classic. Really fucking hard to level up and actually do solo content, but when you start getting into uh, when you start getting into group content, hey, you're a godsend. 
throw out that DPS, throw out those DOTs, throw out basically every AoE in existence in order to make people feel pain, and you gain health back by killing people that are on fire. Then, of course, my favorite class, the Trickster. I know I have two favorite classes, don't judge me. Trickster, effectively, think of it as a rogue. Every single time that you teleport behind someone, you're inflicting a status affliction on them. Uh, you have a dome that slows down time and enemies within that dome, which means that bullets that are going into the dome get slowed down, so that way you can just avoid them outright. Uh, you have a massive time arc sword thing that slowly disintegrates people before they explode. It's really fucking cool. Uh, and you also can be a Beyblade. That's my favorite ability. What? You can be a Beyblade in that game. Oh, fuck off. Like it, the anime Bla Beyblade? No, well, you, you go up and you levitate in the air and you start spinning. Okay, you, that you, sounds less like trash. Yeah, you, you start spinning with two swords and they do actually cut people apart. All like right. there's the gore in this game is... It, it makes me feel happy inside. When you blow someone up, you blow someone up. Mm, and jealous. on top... Yeah, and it's... it's, it's Gameplay-wise, it is fantastic. Now, the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because this game is online only. Yes, you can play by yourself, close off your party, call it a day, all that sort of good jazz... But at the same time, you still have to be connected to the servers so that way you can kind of synchronize with every uh, with everyone else that's playing the game right now. In other words, item servers, uh, basically attempting to track what's going on. It's basically a smoother gameplay experience for everyone involved. However, this game was hyped up so much, and they and to Square Enix's credit. They did what they could in order to keep that hype at its peak most levels. Since this is an online-only game, guess what happened on launch day? Uh, the servers failed. The servers failed after multiple stress tests. There were so many people trying to download the game and trying to play it at the same time, and since it's a fresh spawn... And since you spawn in your own private world that other people can join, and this game does have cross-platform play, which means that a PS4 player can play with an Xbox player who can also play with a PC player. Good. What happened to the servers? Oh, boy. They caught on fire. Wait, really? No, they didn't actually caught oh. on fire, but, like, you know, thus... A very positive game. People who were very excited to play the demo just... Their enthusiasm for the game plummeted downwards. And I'm talking about constant disconnects, people getting stuck in places that they shouldn't be stuck in, HUDs disappearing in the, mi uh, in the middle of a fight, uh, people just not being able to load in. Anytime anyone tries to switch out their character in the lobby will kill the game, as in hard crash, go fuck yourself. That sounds like a complete disaster. Yeah. Now, to Square Enix's credit, they have been working night and day to make sure the servers don't, you know, catch fire and kill everyone at Square Enix right now. But at the same time, it had a it had a worse launch day than Cyberpunk 2077. Now, I'm basically comparing apples to oranges at this point because Cyberpunk 2077 is a single player game as such it doesn't require online only services. But at the same time, for the people that want to play a, the, that want to have a solo experience and then 
transition into group uh into group experiences whatever you want to call it instances they're having a hell of a time right now because you have to be online only which means if the server shit or god forbid your wi-fi shits out because of a of a big storm or anything like that you're shit out of luck you cannot play outriders whatsoever and it's just, it started giving people kind of a myriad of things to start complaining about from the minute-long logo screens to people just disappearing underground in the middle of a fight whenever they die. Um, it's, it was a strange experience when I started playing it on launch day. And I knew, I knew, I knew that I should have been expecting it. But for some reason, my brain just turned off and says, like, hey, this is a looter shooter. I'm going to start playing it because I liked Borderlands a little bit. That's about it. But here's the other big thing, though. This is a AAA organization or AAA company. Sorry. They should have been expecting this. They, they, they should have said to themselves that this is, a, this is another looter shooter that people are going to be comparing this to Borderlands, of all things. And that's a double-edged sword, in my opinion. But yeah. we'll, we'll, I'll, it, it doesn't I'll, sound like this was as big of a disaster as like Final Fantasy XIV, the original version, mm-hmm. uh, where they had to kill everything off and then just restart everything. Yep, they had to kill the world. But uh, it, it, but this is still its own kind of disaster. So has the game gotten better? Oh, it's gotten a hell of a lot better now that I now that I can actually play it. So here's how this works. There isn't like a bazillion gajillion guns all with their own modifiers and all that sort of jazz. So it's a lot easier for you to understand what each gun is actually going to be doing instead of having to, as soon as you pick up an epic level gun, you now have to read like a brick of text telling you what this gun's going to be doing. Oh, it's a Jacob's gun, which means I got to be pressing the button a lot if I want to be able to shoot the gun, yada, yada, yada. You get the idea. This, the loot system in this game is literally just you have your auto shotguns, which have variants. You have your pump action shotguns, which have variants. Your double rifles, variant. Assault rifle, variant. Rifle, variant. Sniper rifle, variant. Bolt action, variant. Light machine gun, submachine gun, heavy machine gun, variant, variant, variant. Every gun in the game, which isn't that many right now at least, you have your basics, has variants that change what each gun does. You do have to spend a little bit of resources in order to actually turn them into that, and you won't get that until the second part, of, until like chapter two of the game. So bear with me when it comes into that. You can, however, upgrade your guns, and they have a mod system, which means that you pick up a blue gun, which is where mods start. You can get the you can get the mods. You can change them out, and what each of these mods do it varies from weapon to armor armor is where you're going to have a lot more of the passive stuff that's going to be happening when you start shooting your gun okay uh the first tier armors give you things that affect your core abilities like i said before each class is going to have their own core abilities that coincide with what they're supposed to be doing for instance my guy right now is a poison freak that's what i'm calling it right now puts in toxic ammo shoots toxic ammo makes them uh, makes them more vulnerable to damage, which in turn just it, you like stacking your debuffs. And your armors can also help you with that. 
Someone's poison? Why don't you make them hit a lot less harder? Someone's on fire? Well, when you kill them, how about you get an increase in, uh, an increase in attack damage? When you kill someone with a shotgun, you can have it to where, oh, I'm shooting you, which means that you're now on fire. And because you're on fire, you're going to be exploding every uh, if you die. Or better yet, freezing bullets with ricochet bullets so that way everyone within a little vicinity of that enemy is just going to freeze up. I like it. I like the modding system. I like the guns. I like the armor. The armor looks amazing, by the way. And it's just, it's an enjoyable experience because unlike Borderlands where you have to go back and forth, like, you know, oh man, I outleveled this zone, but I still have a main quest in here. This game relies on a world tier system. The more you progress through the storyline, the more you grind out experience to level up your character, you can also increase the world tier. Increasing the world tier means that you have a better chance of getting better guns or better armor, but the enemies get a lot harder. But you also get better shit. Like, hey, that's kind of cool. Right. And you can go back into earlier segments of the game, like earlier like worlds of the game, and play around in that. You can repeat quests, so that way you get random loot and a little bit of extra experience. There's monster hunting quests, bounty hunter quests, uh, collectible quests. There's even optional notes that you can get uh, that you can get in the game that will tell you what exactly was happening when you were basically in a coma right now. It's a fun and enjoyable game. I will. I mean, I've raged a little bit, but that's because I'm at a fairly high tier of play right now like every like I'm, I'm i'm getting enemies spawning in left right front and center some of them shoot bullets the others just swarm the shit out of you mm-hmm. but it's it's such an enjoyable experience you can't be a pussy bitch you literally have to play aggressive so that way you can pop off a lot of the stuff that you want to do i honestly like this a lot more than i did borderlands because I'm not set with these shitty little fucking characters. Like, don't get me wrong, Gage is still the best girl in the game. Right. But at the same time, I don't have to deal with the randomization bullshit. If I get a better gun, I can increase the rarity back at camp and then put the mods that I want on that gun instead of having to say, oh, well, this gun does more damage, but I hate I hate the fact that it shoots out rocket launchers that don't do anything. Or I don't want to accidentally kill myself with my own gun, so I'm not going to throw my fucking gun gun and yeah. have it explode. It's, in my opinion, it takes the best of looters and puts it and and takes it into itself. It takes out all the bad parts of looter shooters where it's like, oh, it's open world, which means you have to run around all the time or find like a fast travel location so that way you can fast travel to uh, different worlds and stuff like that. It actually. It's a lot better. You finish a dungeon, there's a little there's a little portal key that allows you to go back to wherever you need to if you want to turn in the quest or you want to just keep going. Instead of having to go back to a character every other second in order to in order to finish a certain step of the quest, just keep going. Okay. I like it a lot more than I like Borderlands right now. And and that's saying a lot too. Yeah. Like I, I liked I like my necro I like my Necromancer, Gage. 
in Borderlands 2. Borderlands 3, I probably have played half of it and then just immediately said, I, I can't stand the dialogue in that game anymore. That's where I am with it. Yeah. Like, Borderlands pre-sequel it was really fun because I like my RNG. That's the only reason why I played it. Claptrap is the literally the only character I have on my Steam page right now. Because I got so bored with the other characters. I hated the DLC characters. Mm-hmm. I just... I couldn't get into it. It was just boring. But now that I'm playing through Outriders, I want another game like Outriders, except a single-player experience. Yeah. I mean, I I got the single-player experience. I just don't like getting DC'd in the middle of a match. Well, speaking of broken releases, I, I picked up Solasta on Steam. <laughs> and, it's, okay, so I, I, I love, love the fuck out of uh, Baldur's Gate 3. I love the fuck out of the Divinity Original Sin games, and I figured I would probably love Solasta as well. Now, this game is an early access, but it is it is supposed to be much more like the pencil and paper role-playing game style, mm-hmm. in that you take your turns. It's actually on a grid instead of uh, the way that it was traditionally, traditionally shown on uh, Baldur's Gate 3 or Divinity Original Sin. It's a different developer, but they got the licensing through Wizards of the Coast to make this game. Mm-hmm. Now, I I start through the the training mission, and I go through all the characters on their beginning storyline, and I think, okay, this is this is just this is fine. I can actually play through a game like this and and have fun with it. And I played for about an hour, and then I I quit, and then I come back a few days later. And I load my save. What do I get? The files are corrupted. Yeah. I can't I can't continue through my storyline now, despite the time that I made with it. Now, bear in mind, with this also being an early access, like it is going to have bugs. That is going to happen. And you know, I I, I don't want to um I I really don't want to uh, excuse for what's going on. Uh, in my gameplay because I spent the money for it. And so I refunded it. And if it comes to a point where Solasta gets fixed by the developers and I'm able to play it without issue, great, then I can recommend it. But for right now, I don't. I will say this. When you picked it up, they literally had an update the next day after I saw that about being able to build your dungeons. However, yeah. they added in a shit ton of other stuff as well, including more maps, more enemies, and more uh, more core skills, as well as you know fixing a bunch of other class stuff. So what may have happened is that your version was too different from the version that they had already put out, so it wasn't able to work. But I'm going to tag on to what you said there. They sh- there should have been a way for you to basically not, you know, load up that version. Because well, even after the full release, like... Updates are going to happen anyway. Yeah. After it's fully released. Yeah. So, I mean, why should I? I mean, I don't. I don't trust this game right now. It has. It has earned my my refund, and so right now I'll just stick with with toying around with shit that I have not done with Divinity. Sorry, with Baldur's Gate three. Yeah. And it's just it's 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 gonna be one of those games. Like I I enjoy the hell out of it. But right now, I have too many games under my belt. Like, I just recently reinstalled uh, Mountain Blade, Bannerlord, and I'm playing through it right now, and 
of course, whenever I start the game, I make a straight B line to uh to uh Vlant Vlandia. I, I I want knights, I want crossbows, I want all of these things. And we're just going to go forth. I'm going to murder all of the Batanians. I'm going to murder all of the Western Empire because they keep sieging my goddamn castles. I have three I have three fiefdoms, which is like two more than most of the nobles have right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. So let's go ahead and, and get into the main thing that we want to talk about. And that is the punching match between Godzilla and Kong from uh, from Legendary and from Warner Brothers. I'm, I'm going to come off at right off the bat here and say... For the first time, I can actually recommend an American Godzilla film. Mm-hmm. I have always said leave Godzilla to the Japanese because they they know how to protect their IP for the most part. I'm not talking about the games though, but <laughs> what I am talking about is is the films. Like usually, at least you're gonna have a decent time out of watching the Jap the, you know, the Toho Godzilla films. Yeah. Uh, Godzilla 1998 and then Godzilla 2014 and uh, King of the Monsters. Uh-uh. I'm not going to recommend them. No way. No, I mean, no, I mean, 1998, Godzilla was pretty good. Remember with that time that Taco Bell got the licensing rights for it? Oof. And then they made, like, cups for him? Oof. And he was a woman? Yeah, I, I remember getting the, uh, the, the talking chihuahua that, that was uh, released for it. But yeah, that that movie was was total trash, and it was done by people that had no real love for Godzilla and and what Godzilla is supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. This movie, though, I I I went to it thinking, okay, this could be hot garbage as well, but uh, let's see what happens. And then by the first conflict between Godzilla and King Kong, I was sold. Yeah. I I honestly enjoyed it. So basically, it's just Kong versus Godzilla. I don't really care about the rest of the plot. All I know is that they're going to fight, and then Mechagodzilla shows up, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of fucking neat. Yeah. And I, I liked the Kong versus Godzilla fight. I didn't like the Mechagodzilla fight. Really? Why is that? Because they poured water in the fucking computer and then they beat the Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, that was a weird part. That was a very weird part. You'd think that they'd have, you know, let, let's let's not. I didn't like that part. Let's just put it at that. Okay. I don't. I don't want to spoil it since what it's like three days old right now, or longer maybe. It doesn't really matter, but okay. They poured bourbon into the computer. And then it short circuited it, which also uh, short circuited the satellite on Blink. Yeah, um, I, I'm gonna say the human elements in Godzilla films, and I'm I'm gonna be using uh, John Carmack's way of putting this. The human story elements are like story in porn. It's you know, it's not important, but it's expected to be there. <laughs> like. That's that is how Carmack described story in gaming. Like we're talking the one of the main guys behind the original Doom games saying this. So I mean as much as the as the the 
the human characters go like do i really care about the guy with his podcast not so much yeah. was i able to deal with him though sure i was able yeah. to deal with him much more than the the 2014 godzilla film the love the, you got gotta make the the love you know he's he's a marine he's wants to get back to his woman yeah yeah godzilla was having just he he, he was doing all right he was murdering the fuck out of other Titan creatures. And it's just like, he was going to get to the exit some point. We didn't need anything else. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think of the, of the reason why Godzilla and King Kong were fighting? Uh, it didn't really make sense. In I, that one has to be the, the king. One has to be the king. Yeah. I, I mean, like, You'd think that Godzilla would have sensed another Titan creature long before the uh, what's it called the 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 weird flappy bird creature things. I don't I don't know what they're called in fourteen. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna call them big big monster things. Don't worry about it. Okay, you'd think that they would have you know he would have woken up in the 1980s to go and beat up King Kong. But he didn't, I guess. And now apparently they put him into a dome because they're afraid that King Kong, that King Kong and Godzilla are gonna fight. It's like just there's no reason for them to fight right now. Like there's literally no reason. Hell, the only reason that King that fucking Godzilla knew knew about King Kong is because it just so happened to be somewhere near his area. Yeah. Well, let's be frank about this. I mean, a, a, a movie like Godzilla vs. Kong, this is this is really just meant to be able to put two kaiju monsters together and, and fight. Yeah. Like, does does Godzilla really have much of a, uh, a relationship in, in the King Kong franchise? Not really. But, so, like, the, uh, the original Godzilla vs. King Kong, like, it was... A lot of it was like a, a kid playing with dolls. And they came up with a stri- the script based off of what the kid was doing with those dolls. Uh-huh. Same thing goes for for the uh, Godzilla versus King Kong from last week. Although I'm going to say Red Letter Media made this comparison of like it, it's as if a kid wrote the movie. But I I wholeheartedly agree with this. You can't you can't really make this kind of movie and have it so that it is going to be like award winning in what it's supposed to be. It, it is, it is meant to be a, a dumb and schlocky film, but this movie takes stride in being dumb and schlocky. That's what makes this so good to me. And it's, you're able, you're able to like watch the, uh, the fight, like the first fight happening in, in daylight. You can see what's going on. You can also see what's going on in the Hong Kong fight scene as well. But then there are questions with this movie, like how how is there light in the center of the Earth, in the hollow Earth area? How does hollow Earth work? Don't know. What's at the core of the Earth? It's supposed to be a, a, a big ball of magna, but uh, nope, we've got an entire world in the center of the Earth. Yep. And there's a lot of like weird crab people down there, too. Yep. But it, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Well, no, it does matter. We're the lizard people. We're, We're supposed to live in the Syria Earth. Uh, uh, don't know. 
Yeah. Don't know. I there's also some like weird plot holes into it too, but again, it's it's plot and porn effectively at this point. Like for instance, why why is there a giant palace cavern in the middle, I mean like in the top of the center of the earth where when he puts in his axe, it just makes it, it calls Godzilla. Yeah. Why is there an axe that is that is buried into uh, the carcass of an animal that Kong is able to figure out, oh, I should rip this axe out. I have an axe now. Oh, here's the uh, the silhouette of an axe. I, I put the axe right on it on the ground and and everything just turns on. And, and Godzilla being at the right place at the right time was able to uh, use his fire breath and reach me into my lair all the way down to the center of the earth. It's, it's in Hong Kong of all places. Yeah, yeah. Like, but it these movies are supposed to be kind of like that. Yeah, you know, it's that's what the 2014 film was was missing. It was missing the uh, the wink and the nod, the the campiness to it. Because like you got camp from Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah, I didn't get that so much from from 2014. Now bear in mind though, we're comparing these versus films to what we originally had from Godzilla, which is Gojira, where it was a statement about uh, mankind's um, fucking with, with nuclear weapons, creating this monster, and now uh, the, the Japanese people have to uh, pay for their mistakes of, of tampering with, the, uh, with nature and, and facing their fear of Godzilla. It, it's, it, it actually has a bit of uh, a dread to it. Same thing for Shin Godzilla, which was knocking out of the park as far as as bringing in that feeling of dread as this this titan of a creature is demolishing everything just from one breath jesus christ i i my boner over shin godzilla knows no bounds Mm -hmm. i love that movie to death but like we like there there is not just one type of godzilla film there are the serious ones and then there's the campy fun schlock usually it's from the japanese but somehow the Americans managed to nail this one. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it, it was it was fun. I liked it. So yeah, hey, yeah, more power to him, I guess. Yeah, the only the, the main criticism I have with these films, though, the uh, the American Godzilla films, is that it, watching Godzilla and the other monsters can feel like I'm watching a cinematic from a PlayStation Five game, for instance. So it's like. The, the kaiju don't quite look as real and, and that can take me out of their films. That's what happened with uh, the 2014 uh, Godzilla and King of the Monsters. I was able to set aside my suspension. Uh, uh, I was able to use my suspension of uh, disbelief for Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, it, it looks fantastic in 4K, but... At the same time, though, it's like like Shin Godzilla was able to look much more convincing back in twenty you know in twenty sixteen compared to what we what we've had from America. Yeah. Does do do you think that the next Godzilla film is going to have Baby Godzilla and Baby Kong <laughs> and they're going to team up and <laughs> beat evil? Okay. If if somehow the Americans manage to put in a a son of Godzilla, Baby Godzilla. And it is able to blow smoke rings. Irradiated smoke you're, rings. You're gonna have my heart. Like, did you see? Like, did you see Son of Godzilla? 
Uh, I saw a little bit of it. I didn't yeah, get to see all it's of it's where the the little kid falls into uh, Monster Island, and he makes friends with with Baby Godzilla. Yeah, you know, that movie's bad, but like <laughs> you see Baby Godzilla like struggling to try to breathe fire, and all I can do is just make shitty smoke rings. <laughs> Eat shit. But <laughs> do you recommend this movie though? Uh, it's it's fun if you have nothing to do if you have nothing to do and you have HBO Max might as well just go and watch it. Oh yeah, yeah. If you've got HBO Max and you've got the time for it, yeah, set set some aside for for this movie. Mm-hmm. But for diehard Godzilla fans, I think they're actually going to be a little disappointed. No, I think they'll be satisfied with it. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, completely. Like I I actually didn't have a problem with the fight between Godzilla and King Kong versus Mechagodzilla. I also like the fact that Mechagodzilla nutshot fucking Godzilla. Yeah. Uh, Godzilla being able to, to uh, charge King Kong's axe so that he can use it. Really, I mean, you want to say that King Kong actually won the uh, the fight between the three of the, the, three of them? No. You, he could not have won it without Godzilla. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, especially if you're a Godzilla fan, you're going to love the Hong Kong fight. But... I suppose that really wraps up the uh, discussion then, unless there's anything else you want to mention about it. Uh, not really. Nah, me neither. So let's go ahead and wrap up the show then. Guys, thank you very much for listening to this. If you like what we do, follow us. We have uh, Madcast Media. This is madcastmedia.com where we've been posting our episodes. And then facebook.com slash arrogantmedia. Now, we have had Patreon. However, my PayPal got got nutted on yeah permanently disabled by the by the company and they gave us no reason why yeah. i so i basically don't know why it was shut down and and they wouldn't tell me i wasn't doing anything wrong with it i wasn't actually selling anything besides like titles for whoever wants them from the patreon and it was cut and clear that it was a donation bucket you know a tip jar for people that enjoy the shows. So basically they, they cut your method of being able to support the show, but we are going to be working something out to uh, figure out what we can do to get things going with that again. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, until then, Yen is best girl. I swear to fucking God. I'm sorry. Four out of five gentlemen agreed. The other one is a fucking troglodyte. Fall damage. No. Okay. Listen here, you little shit. I will tell you right now, Triss has the best personality. She is the best one for Geralt. Best. The way that she was able to be a motherly figure for Siri. I'm sorry. I read the books. I understand that that Triss actually is best girl, and Yen is not. Four out of five. Four out of five means absolutely nothing yeah because four people disagreed with you you nerd you small baby dumb nerd <laughs> uh okay oh weirdo says oh my god outriders oh my god it's six hours and still no legendary i'm gonna rip my dick off <laughs> <laughs> i'm at 24 hours buddy you're fine <laughs>
I have one. It's a it's a pistol that I don't use, so 